Welcome to The Spot with Afro7, me, your favourite podcast host. Apologies for the delay in transmission for the past two weeks. I've had a very, very busy fortnight. Um, uh, I had a severe bout of hay fever for like one week, and the other week was my birthday, and I was busy trying to get the plans in place for that. I had my friends over, we had a blast, you know. Usually I'm very boring, but they convinced me to get out of my shell, so... For one Saturday, I was legless drunk, and I'm very thankful for that experience, you know. Yeah, apologies for the silence. You know, it's sometimes life just kind of catches up with you, and you don't really have time to indulge in your passions. But believe me, this podcast is my passion. It's something I really love doing, so I'm back at it again, you know what I mean? So this week, there's been a lot happening. The Naira was floated, finally. Some of us didn't really think that was going to happen, so... It's obviously a good look that it's happened, and uh, I can't even lie. I was hoping the Naira would hit 500 and stay there because it's easier for me to send money home and do things. It's cheaper as well, so I've been able to invest in one or two little things. Like I, like I think you all should. You know, if you live in a diaspora, now is the time to really send some money back home and invest in some things. Buy some real estate, buy land, invest in some businesses. You know what I mean? Just make your make your sterling, make your dollar, make your euro work for you. You know, where we in the diaspora are in a good position. I mean, as much as we want to see Nigeria prosper, a week narrow means things are easier for us, right? So, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I've been checking out some new music. I'll get into that at the end of the show. But today I've got another, well, he's he was on the last episode. That's Egmo Faye. He's back again to explain what this new situation with the CBN means. In layman terms, so a lot of you guys out there can really listen and understand what it means for you and your money, your investments, for the money you mean to send back home, etc., etc. So hopefully, you know, this show is very useful and helpful to you guys out there. And yeah, I'm older now, I'm wiser now. Thank you for sticking around, and I hope it's a good show for you guys. All right. All right, so like I said to you guys, I've got Double F himself on the show again today. Good afternoon, Ebon. Welcome back. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me again. Now, I must say congratulations. You know, I know you've been dreaming about this moment, but you didn't dare to think it'll actually come true. <laughs> so, the legendary Godwin Emefiele has done something you didn't think him capable of. Would you like to extend your congratulations to him right now, please? I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> Come on, the I'll fellow, pass. the fellow did something that naysayers like yourself didn't think he was capable of doing. Come on, come on. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, obviously it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing, but you know, this is Nigeria. We just need to, you know, let, let things open at nine o'clock tomorrow. Mm. We'll have we'll have one day, a couple of days of trading, and then we'll see how it goes. You know, you know, these people there. It's a question of instincts. You mm. know. He's, he's, for the past one year, he's shown us the kind of instincts he has, you know, to shut Wait, things sorry, just to cut you, just to cut like you off again. And are you sure these are Emefiele's instincts or Buhari's instincts? We have to differentiate between the two because I think it's unfair for you to say it's Emefiele's instincts. Emefiele has shown himself in the past willing to devalue and do some things with the Naira. He did it twice in the past, okay? It was since okay. Buhari became president that he became rigid and fixed on this 199 to, to, a, to, to a dollar situation. So I think we should probably say it's Buhari's position, not Emefiele's. Uh, well, I mean, fine. We can say it's Buhari. you can say it's Buhari's. I mean, but um, I think you know what I'm just saying is if you know if Buhari turns around tomorrow and says, uh, "Mr. Governor, 
you know, what's going on? You know, I mean, I what's happening with the Raptors and everything? I don't know. How is he going to react? What would he say? You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he'll be able. To, I'm not sure he will fight the side of the. Um, how would I put it? He won't fight the side of liberalization. Wait, before before we get into all that, before we get into all that, let's first of all explain, give some backstory into what transpired in the past week on Wednesday, I believe, with the Naira. Yeah. So, in your words, what happened with the Naira, and why is this a good thing? Please enlighten us in layman's terms, please. Okay, I think um, okay, in the last one year, obviously since Buhari became president, you know, we've had pretty much. Uh, a silly experiment, if you like, you know, in terms of saying you could shut down things and say, okay, this is the exchange rate I want, and this is the exchange rate I'm going to have, and that's it, you know, I'm not going to devalue the Naira, I'm not going to float the Naira, I want a certain exchange rate of 199 Naira to 1, and that's it, you know, whatever, because, I mean, an exchange rate is the is the result of various different things. So it's like, you know, it's like a pot of stew, if you like, you know. Mm. You know, the, the exchange rate is, is the actual stew. But then to get to that stew, you've got all kinds of things going on in there, you know, the tomatoes, the peppers and everything, you know. But, but you, you know, you can you... I mean, if, if it's too peppery, for example, you know, you have to fix the question of the pepper. I don't know, maybe you reduce the amount of pepper or you add more tomatoes to neutralize mm-hmm. it or whatever, you know. You can't but add what, more tomatoes at the rate of tomatoes right now in yeah, Nigeria. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that that's pretty much, you know, what we had. So basically, Buhari, because of Buhari's instincts, he's a status kind of guy. He, and he doesn't really understand this stuff. He's no economist by far. He's, he's, he's a long way away from being an economist. But, you know, he just basically looked at this thing and said, okay, this result, you know, I want this rate to be stable. You know, and and then he and Emefio Lebi began one kind of weird tag team where basically they were both repeating the same. They were not devaluing the Naira. We were going to, uh, what we were going to do was to basically shut down demand. You know, and then obviously, because the 199 rate was not real, it wasn't a real rate, you know. Yeah. It couldn't, the market couldn't clear. You can't, you couldn't give everybody who wanted dollars at one ninety nine to one. You couldn't you couldn't meet that demand. You know, so in the normal world, you know, what we were saying was in the normal world, where you have so much demand that you come and you have a scarce resource, in this case the dollar, dollar was scarce because you know oil price had dropped, reserves were down. In a normal world, what you do, you use pricing to allocate that resource. Mm. You know, that's that's the that's the that's the one tool you have. So basically you raise the price, a lot of the demand will drop off. You know, some demand will drop off. Some people will say, okay, you know what? At 300 naira to one, maybe I don't really need to. And also, coupled with coupled with uh, de- uh, the deregulation of the oil sector, at least yeah, the so, downstream you know, sector. To that, you know. yeah. so, so, I mean, you could say, you know, if you, if you go to 300 naira to one, maybe somebody will say, you know, you know, maybe I don't really need that glam- glam- glamorous dress anymore. Just, <laughs> you know. So, it, it, the funny thing was, you know, it, it's the exact thing that they were trying to achieve. You know, I mean, you know when Buhari was going about talking about chocolates, glamorous mm. dresses, all these things could actually be achieved by allowing the market to determine the price. You mm. know, so so I mean, because we we knew we knew that look, one ninety nine was not the, it was ridiculous. That it, it just wasn't a real price. Yeah. If you had allowed the naira, if you had allowed a bit of devaluation, that demand for glamorous dresses would have disappeared 
by itself. Okay, you but know, more, like more, but more than your devaluation, he's floated the naira now. So yeah, what yeah. what does that what does that mean exactly? Explain to our listeners what it means that he's floated the naira. Okay, so I mean, I think uh, basically what I if you look at it this way, mm. you imagine that you are looking for a price, right? So you are looking for a price. You're searching for the price, the real price of the naira. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are two ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, since the current price is one ninety nine, and you're saying, okay, actually, this one ninety nine is not the real price. We're looking for the real price. There, there are different ways to go about. It. You can devalue, right? So you devalue and say, okay, let me test. So a devalue is like testing. So you say, okay, let's try two twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, the market opens. There's too much demand. You can't meet the demand for two twenty at two twenty to one. That means that is not the real price. So mm-hmm. you, you test again. Mm-hmm. So you test and you devalue again to 250. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you are inundated with so much demand, you can't meet it. Mm-hmm. That's for the real price. And then you keep testing. Maybe when you get to 350, you now realize that, okay, actually, you know, the demand has sort of tapered off. Mm-hmm. And now you can actually supply everyone who needs it at that 350. You can you are able to meet their demand. Okay. So a devaluation, when you devalue, the thing with a devaluation, like, you keep having to, test mm-hmm. you know you keep having to check mm-hmm. you keep you know if militants blow a pipeline you know the market people realize that that means that in three months time your your earnings are going to drop because you know all earnings coming so naira you know, goes down essentially exactly exactly naira mm-hmm. goes down again you might be forced to devalue again based on that now you know so that's that's the way you're, you're looking for that price and you can devalue but the thing with devaluation is that you hardly ever get it right once mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep doing keep it. Doing it. You, know, you, deval- you devalue once, you devalue again, and you keep doing it, you know, until things stabilize or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But with a float, with a float, you go once and you find the price. Mm-hmm. So with a float, you basically say, okay, you know what? Give me the price and you throw it to the market. Mm-hmm. The, the market will settle somewhere, you know, at that point. That basically, you know, there's a saying, there's a saying, there's a small saying or quote in economics where they say, prices clear markets mm-hmm. so you want to clear the market basically you want to match all the demand with the available supply using a price that will be able to you know balance everyone you know so so when you throw it to when you when you float mm-hmm. when you throw it to a float you know it's sort of you know all the people who want it they bid everyone the people who want the dollars will bid the people who are supplying will, will determine whether you know, so, so essentially, a float. Up. Essentially, a float is where demand meets uh, supply, and then yeah. if there isn't enough supply, the market reacts and it goes up. Exactly. Okay. If there's, if so there's the, more, if there's, a, you know, if there's, if there's more than enough dollars to satisfy everyone, it drops. The price comes down. Okay. You know, so, so a float allows market to adjust automatically. Exactly. Quickly. So that essentially means that the the price of the naira to the dollar is is not something that's that's subject now to the president or the or the presidency's caprice. It's a it's an it's because, an it's an organic thing dependent on the market essentially. Exactly. So okay. the market will determine, you know, and, and it's quicker with the float yes. is quicker. So yes. when you devalue, for example, you might have to wait another month for the MPC yeah, to have exactly. a meeting and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Anything that happens is between that. Yeah. You know, but with the float, you know, it's on the day. Okay. You know, so when so we're gonna have a market that trades from nine o'clock to two o'clock, starting from tomorrow yeah, every day. Excellent. So you know, at two o'clock we'll have the price sort of like the price for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever the price closes at two o'clock on Monday, mm-hmm. it will open at that price at mm-hmm. nine o'clock on, on the Tuesday. You know, okay. and yeah, you keep going on like that. Yeah. All right. So that's that. And secondly, why is this a good thing? Well, it's a good thing because I mean, I mean, it is the best way. 
is the best way to, you know, because basically we've had a long conversation for the last year trying to determine the value of the Naira. The president thinks it's 199. People in the black market thinks it, think it, it, it was 370 at one point. You know, in between there, you have all kinds of different people, you know, um, um, trying to figure out what the price. So we say, okay, you know what? With a float, you get a, get everybody in the room and say, okay, you know what? Let's even find this price. Okay, Mister One Ninety Nine, come in. Mister Three Seventy, come in, and you know, let everybody come in, and then we'll find, we'll figure out what the price is based on what everyone is willing to supply to those who who are demanding it. Mm-hmm. So you know, a float is um, it makes Nigeria a more, if you like. So f- think of it from the, from the from the point of view of foreign investors. Now, foreign investors, people keep talking, foreign investors, they're important because when you're a developing country or a poor country, it takes a lot of time to build up capital. You know, I mean, that's the, a poor country by definition has no capital. That's that's mm-hmm. what it is. You know, people mm-hmm. like, people don't have enough money. You know, so to speed up development, and you need foreign investments. So it's not as if people are saying, it's not a question of pride or a question of saying, oh, you, you don't, we don't believe in local, whatever. You know, it's just a, a fact of life that when you're a poor country, to speed up your development, you need foreign investment to come in. You know, so from the point of view of foreign investors, they can now look at a market and say, okay, this is not, this is not a fix. This is not, there's not one, one guy sitting down somewhere determining what the price of, you know, the Naira is, at least now you can have a sort of transparent market, you know, so that gives people confidence and say, okay, you know, once the market has started trading, people can say, okay, uh, I mean, the Naira is now trading and it's now floating. Okay, wait, 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 listen, this is, this, this, this sounds a bit esoteric. I meant, why is it a good thing in the sense of everyday Nigerians? What can they immediately sense or tell from this float that they couldn't afford? How does it affect your everyday uh, a carpet seller or butcher or tomato seller, for example, how how does this float affect okay, their lives? Okay, so I mean, I think I think, I think the, f- the first thing is looking at what has happened in the past, right? At one ninety nine, mm. right? You know, for example, stuff like say uh, personal travel allowance, which a lot of people always want to get. Now it was so scarce. From what I understand, banks were getting hundred thousand dollars a week. That's twenty five people could get. So you can imagine, you know, the kind of pain and anger the problem is that look you know that there's, there's, there's dollars in the black market but mm-hmm. then people you know you want if, if it's available at a different price somewhere you you want the lower price you know so the, the black market was telling you 350 but then if it was if if pta was available at 199 in the bank mm-hmm. you're going to have you will try i mean mm-hmm. you leave your you leave the black market as your final of you. so you know you had this whole business of there was there was, there was so much rationing you know, they, people couldn't get dollars because they wanted it at what the CBN. And once I was saying before I lost you that normal mm-hmm. people wanted it at one ninety nine, which was obviously better for them than the three fifty or whatever the market, the black market was quoting them. And yeah. essentially, there wasn't enough dollars held by the CBN to meet the demand that they found in the market. I- at that one ninety nine. Precisely. Yeah. So now that the naira has been floated, it's essentially for the most part out of the CBN's hand. People have to go to the market and get it at whatever price the market dictates, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Fine. So now in the in the release, so, but, but at least by your own case, at least now you know that some people are not getting it at one ninety nine. Why you are forced to pay three twenty or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know. And because we had a situation whereby, apart from Alaji Putin, where a uh, uh, Garba Shehu got it at one ninety nine for some transactions exactly. that he did, which was very unfair because your normal Nigerian could not get it at the same rate. 
right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now everybody, LLC market essentially, and whatever the market says, it's like buying your tomato, whatever the tomato seller tells you, more, more or less is the price that you're going to get it for. You know, you're not. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right, fine. So that in a way is good. It's bad because obviously the naira is still right now. I think it's about three twenty right now. It's still a lot of money. But essentially, you know that everybody's getting at the same price. You're not being yeah, shafted. Yeah, and then, and, and then you can make your decision and say, okay, you know, if this thing is three twenty, maybe, you know, I, I maybe you know you can either eliminate that demand or mm. reduce the demand or or wait it out. Mm. You know, so so basically, the price will determine your decision for you now. Mm. You know, so if it's at three hundred, maybe that glamorous dress can wait. Mm. You know, if it comes down to two eighty, maybe you can go for it. You know, so I mean, that, that's basically, you know, so people can now make the decision a lot easier. But, you know, in the past when it's 320 and then you know some people are getting it for 199 mm -hmm. you actually spend time and energy trying to make sure you can get it at that price as exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so now another question that I have, I think we understand what the what the float means for your everyday regular Nigerian. Now to, on to MFLA. What do you think prompted him to make this decision? Because I think, I haven't read a lot of you guys. That's you guys who opine on, on your economic matters. That's you, Obi, Emeka. I read, I read a bunch of opinions on these, on these uh, happenings. And I, and I wondered, what do you think prompted Emefiele to float the Naira as opposed to devaluing it? Because given what the president thinks, given what Emefiele's own actions have, have spoken, what do you think led him to this decision? Was it a realization that with the NDA doing what they're doing to our, to our oil supply, with oil prices doing what it does, with our economic situation in, in dire straits, do you think all those factors combined led him to make this decision? Or do you think it was a realization that he himself had been less than good at his job? Well, I, I, I mean, they, we, we, we'll have to speculate here, but you mm. know. So, I mean, I, I guess it's a combination of things. First of all, this this matter got quite unsustainable, you know. I mean, again, the embarrassing thing about airlines, they can't get their money out. That's one angle of it. And they, and, and it's not just airlines. There are loads of other people as well who want to get their money out. Oh, wait, they sorry. Before you go on, airlines, right? That's one thing somebody yeah. said, and I had to think about it. I think airlines had about $570 million with the government. Now that the Naira has been floated, because prior to that, they might have been able to do the exchange of 199 to 1. But now that the Naira has been floated, does this mean that their reserve, their $579, has been halved? Because they're well, not going to get it at one ninety nine to uh, one now. They're going to go to the market. Yeah, they're going to. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, they, will, they will have to buy their dollar at whatever the market is now. You know, although I don't, I don't know how this is going to work, to be honest. You know, see. PN says he's going to clear the backlog. I mean, I saw a quote in the papers or something in one of the, uh, uh, I think it was Reuters saying they were going to clear the backlog in about uh, uh, four weeks. Now, I don't know how they plan to do that. I don't know. Maybe they'll clear it at 199. I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. But I mean, right now, it should be easier for people to get their money. It might be that they'll, they'll, they'll take a haircut. You know, mm. they'll take it. They'll take a haircut. And, I mean, they're airlines anyway, so they can probably make their money back if if they take a haircut. They can probably make their money back over a period of time. Mm. If they add hundred naira to everybody's ticket, or two hundred naira to everybody's mm. ticket, or something over a period of time, yeah, they're not going to chest it if you like. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I doubt. You know, but then some of them have exited our market. How does this mean? Does this mean they will they will come back? Or obviously, the, the naira being what it is against the dollar means that a lot of people don't have as much dispensable uh, uh yes cash yes they did so i mean it's, it's two it's two things 
you know, worrying the airlines, you know. I mean, there's the fact that their money is trapped, but then there's also the reality that Nigerians just aren't going to be traveling that much mm. anymore, you know, mm. since the whole economic crisis hit. So, so it's, it's two things. I mean, the combination of the two was probably too much for, was probably too much for some of them. You know, so some, so, you know, so I think Iberia left, I think, and United left. You yeah. Know, so, so it was for, for those the, United ones, is leaving on the thirtieth of June, so they're still yeah, sorry, going on. Yeah, they're, so they're leaving. They're leaving yeah. end of, so, and for 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 them is a combination. For United, for example, you know, Houston is oil and gas country. You know, a lot of when when oil and gas when oil was hundred dollars a barrel, you know, a lot of people used to go that way. Stuff like say, you know, they have this um, oil and gas conference they do every year um, mm. called UTC. Mm. You know, they, it happens in in May in Houston. You know, I mean, last year was quite bad. Hardly anybody went, but this year, even here, this year was worse. A friend was showing me a picture of the Nigerian presentation. There was hardly anybody in the room. So things like that, you know, have pretty much dampen demand for anybody mm -hmm. to fly to Houston anyway, mm -hmm. you know, so, and then, you know, they can't get their money as well. So, you know, so, I mean, uh, British Airways and Virgin Atlantic, those ones can still, they have ways around it. So if demand drops, they bring a smaller plane, Okay. you know, so, so those ones can, act, you know, no, so, they yeah, should, so yeah, I mean, they should still be flying because I intend to go to Nige twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you, they, they'll definitely be fine. I don't no, want no. to paddle. I don't want to paddle the Atlantic. So please, no, no. <laughs> you'll fly. They should still be fine. Okay, let's bring it home now. Yeah. How does it? So, so, so for so we're talking about. Sorry, we're talking about Mefele and what mm -hmm. made him. Yeah, you know, I don't know what made him break. You know, I guess. You know, I, I think you know if you were to ask me, I think that you know Buhari in his economic naivety probably felt that you could deal, you could have a one ninety nine rate. And have enough supply to keep the economy going, you know. But then you had the Q1 GDP results, which showed comprehensively that this policy was a failure, mm -hmm. you know. So because so basically, I mean, they've had this uh, whole year of trying out this policy whereby they felt that let's give dollars at 199 to certain people just to keep the economy going you know so they they they, they, they tried their they tried their ideas you know they gave dollars to quote and unquote manufacturers people bringing in raw materials and everything and the result was a was a negative gdp growth in q1 and almost guaranteed to be in a recession because by the time we get to the end of june given the whole foil scarcity and Niger Delta's Avengers and all those kind of the electricity crisis, you know, we we'll almost certainly have another quarter of, you know, so so basically what they've done is, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, for Buari, in Buari's case, he probably felt that, hey, if we, if we deny dollars to the people who want it for glamorous dresses and we give it to the people who want it for raw materials, the economy will keep going. But then you have, you know, you have the, you have Q1 GDP. In fact, the entertainment and recreation had probably the highest growth in in q1 you know manufacturing was you know negative growth, huge negative growth so so that thing didn't work you know so i guess maybe you know they they they, they, they were forced to face up to the reality that okay you know and, and obviously again they're under pressure as well you know a lot of people have been you know saying this stuff in the papers on tv that you can't do this you can't you can't just manufacture a rate, draw a line in the sand and say, that's how we're going to do it. So I guess maybe, I don't know, it's a combination of different things. Maybe somebody's eyes open somewhere, maybe Buhari's eyes open somewhere and realize that, okay, you know, this is actually a silly idea. You know, maybe the VP, you know, because I mean, the VP probably is been on the side of, you know, devaluation or floating or whatever for a while. So, so it's a question of maybe some people who, 
you know, who had different ideas, finally got through to the president, you know, and spoke to him and they convinced him. He, he was saying that he should be convinced. And, you know, I, I don't know. So, for, for in terms of if we wanted to determine how we got we got to the point whereby they decided to float, it's, it's a lot of speculation, but it will be a combination of very many different things. But mm. I think the key is that what they've tried, they've tried the alternative, and it has been a, a comprehensive failure. Failure. You know, no doubt Failure. about it. Failure. So, I mean, it makes it easier to change. So my question my question for you right now is, we've talked about the valuation, I mean, floating and, and the benefits and how MFEA got to this moment, right? What I essentially I want to know is, when we bring it right home, in terms of what it means for, for our growth, our economic growth, what it means for states, finances, etc. how... And I, and I want you to be as plain as possible. I don't want any complicated uh, economic terms or whatever. As plain as possible. How does this help your average Nigerian states that can't afford to pay salaries, that can't afford to have any, any reserves, any ring-fenced funds for, for, for um, uh, 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 capital development? How does this floating of the Naira, how does it help our current situation vis-a-vis states and their finances? That's what I really want to know. Okay. Okay, so for states, you know, I mean, what we have is the situation whereby there's no other way to describe it. A lot of these states are poverty-stricken. You know, they, they have no money. You know, and when you look at, I think budgets have done some stats, you know, when you look at what these states were earning, you know, middle of 2014 before all prices collapsed, and what they are earning now, it's a complete... You know, I mean, when you say when you say what they were earning, you mean what they were really allocated because yeah, very yeah, well, few I mean, of them were earning. What, what, I mean, what was coming to them yeah. from you know the share? You know, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a huge drop. You know, I mm. think you know, I mean, these guys were. I think if I remember correctly, at one point they were sharing seven hundred billion a month, mm-hmm. and now they are barely sharing maybe two eighty, two fifty. You know, so so it's it's a huge drop. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm part of the reason why. In, and, and one way to fix that is part of the reason why is that, you know, the all earnings that are coming in, because, like, you know, it's all oil money anyway. That's what they're sharing. So when that money comes in, CBN converts it to Naira at the official rate, mm. you know, and then you then take that money, whatever the pool is, you know, and then share it. Mm-hmm. Now you could fix some of their problem, not all, but you could fix some of their problem by actually just using a better rate because. We know that 199 was a ridiculous rate. Yes. How many people to Nigeria will change that 199? Yeah. Apart from government money, you know, yeah. I, I don't think anybody else is bringing money into Nigeria at 199. So we could fix some of that problem by simply having a better rate. Fix some of the problems, you know, disturbing the state by basically having a better rate, you know. So now going forward. When the money or when the oil money comes in for next month, you know the CBN will change it at whatever the exchange rate is, you know the market rate. So instead of one ninety nine, if the rate at that time is three ten, you know it will change the the oil money at that rate, and which means more naira effectively. So the states will get more naira. So you know, like I said, they were at seven hundred billion plus in August twenty in June twenty fourteen or thereabouts. Now they are two eighty two fifty. So maybe when the new rate comes in, you know, they will probably be able to get to, say, 400 So it's, it's still not, like, back to the heady days of $100 oil, but then it's, it's much better. You know, so $400 billion, I mean, there, there's, uh, there's less pressure on them when it comes to salaries. 
you know, then there's probably less pressure on the federal government as well in terms of having to do repeated rounds of bailouts. So we had some bailout last year. We're having another one coming up shortly. Even though at yeah, least but I mean, better, it's got conditions. One, it's got conditions attached to it. So. Exactly. So this, I mean, this one has better conditions to it. So, 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 in, for the immediate, in terms of the states, you know, their finances will be slightly better, especially the poverty-stricken states. You know, the, the the states that have practically zero IGR, zero zero internal revenue. All they do is collect money from Abuja, you know, um, share, pay salaries. You know, maybe do one or two rounds. Share security steal, votes and that's uh, it. Mm-hmm. Steal what they have to steal, and you know, and, and that's it. You know. mm-hmm. So, so with, with with a better exchange rate, you know, then there's a, there's less pressure. So, I think you know, by I mean, this is starting tomorrow. So, I guess maybe by July, you know, we'll begin to see the effect of a new rate. Okay, excellent. The new, the new rate for them. Excellent. So, so yeah. So, I think by the time they share July money, you know, it will be shared at a new rate, which mm-hmm. will be so it will be. Um, they will have a lot more they, because the race is lower. They'll have a lot yeah, more to pay. They have, they, yeah, they have more mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a... The, the, the I mean, it's almost is, double the, now. From 199 to what, say 350, 320? I mean, even if it gets to 250, it's better than 199. So yes, we, we yes. know that the race is never going to be 199. Yes, yes. You know, we, we, okay. yeah, so, so whatever it is, it's, it's going to be more money right. for them. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, now, and I must say, another question that I have for you. Now that we floated the Naira, can you suggest one idea to stimulate our economy because we can, we all know that things are down in the doldrum right now and we need to buff it up. We need to we need to get more people into work. Our, our unemployment rates are crazy. If we if we if we were to take the proper stats, the honest stats, it'll show that our unemployment rates are really crazy. We need more people to go into work. We need things to start moving at a pace that organically stimulates the economy. Do you understand? So, what idea can you propose to that end? Well, I mean, it's um, it's this is a difficult time, right? You know, it's a difficult time for the economy. You can't have been drinking oil for years and then all of a sudden oil dries up and then you just simply, you know, switch to something else. So, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have to ask ourselves that okay, we're in a difficult position, right? You know, first of all, first things first, do make things worse, which is what the BPC did the last one year, you know, with, with the whole funny policies they came up with. Second of all, you know, I mean, personally, if you ask me, there's, there's a limited, the, the role of government is, in, in terms of driving an economy or directing it, is overhyped, you know. To be honest, you know, how much can government really do? Left to me, personally, I'll say, you know, infrastructure. That's that's where their their strengths can really show. Where that's where they can really influence things. But when they start trying to do, you know, pick and choose, say we're going to do this one, we're going to do that one, it, it gets very very funny, and you know, it hardly ever works. So build roads. You can start building roads. So divert resources and build roads. You know, link up the country. Let let it let bring down the cost of doing business. No, like I was reading recently, right? The, the last week, the wheat farmers. And the, the wheat processors, right, they came together and they said something like that, okay, they want to stimulate local wheat production in Nigeria, you know. And so, so I mean, about 90% of the wheat is imported. Now, what they want to do is say, okay, let's try and start getting some wheat locally. Now, the only way they could do that was to say, okay, we'll pay local farmers 140000 per ton of wheat, right? Now, even the guys who were doing it, they said they were... They were, open, they were holding us to confess and say, look, you, 
you can bring wheat into Nigeria, import it, and it will land at 70,000 per ton. So the only way to get it working locally is to double the price. Now, there are different ways. You now, you can look at that situation and say, what's going on here? You know, somebody, the usual thing, somebody will come and say, ah, we need to stimulate local one and everything. So we'll ban import of wheat so that when people don't have a choice, they will not go and be buying locally. But actually, you can be humble enough and confess and say, hang on a minute, right? Somebody in the Great Plains of America, in America's Midwest, will plant wheat, right? They will add, the farmer will add a profit, a profit, um, percentage to that which they will put them on the ship right they will they will they, the ship the shipper will collect money who is not doing it for free they will bring it to nigeria it will land at the ports nigerian ports will collect money they'll collect um you collect bribery and it still lands at half what it costs to do it within nigeria we have to be humble and say what is going on here mm. How can it be that somebody far far thousands of miles away will do all that bring it and you still have the price Mm. of what we can do it within Nigeria. So we can begin to now say, okay, what's going on? What is making it so difficult for farmers to produce wheat? You know, so you can say, rather than say, we'll pay farmers, we'll just be paying farmers 140,000 to stimulate them. We can say, okay, how can we get the cost of Nigeria wheat down, 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 down to much imported wheat? You know, and that kind of, when you ask, question that way it leads you to a different kind of aspect and say okay maybe the farmers who are planting in the north you know maybe the roads are bad it's so difficult for them to get their wheat to the market so you you fix roads maybe they don't have uh maybe the wheat they are using is is not high yielding enough you know so maybe when, when the american farmer gets to get maybe 10 10 uh 10 tons for one acre the nigerian guy is probably only getting two tons for one acre so maybe we should then say okay let's look for you know, uh, a wheat that is high yielding and give these farmers. Okay, okay, Maybe, okay, okay, okay. No, no, what I want, why, well, no, what I want, what I want, I mean, again, this answer is a little bit highfalutin. What I want is a grassroots answer. An answer that somebody, a random person, maybe he, he or she runs a shop, can listen to and take away. So I, I run a tailor shop in Lagos. What can I take away in terms of an economic stimulant that everyday people get, can get involved in today that have helped the Nigerian economy. Maybe, you know, we de- we're still very dependent on oil prices and whatever have you. I understand that. What can they take away today that the government can do to stimulate demand and supply and help our economy today? As in putting people back into work today. Like I said, build roads. That's it. Build infrastructure. That's that's it. I mean, you know, build roads. Start building roads. Start building, build uh, complete bridges. Build the second Niger bridge. You know, those kind of things have some level of multiplier effect. They will hire people. Makes goods cheaper, which means more people can afford them. You know, so I mean, that, that's that's it really. You know, infrastructure. You know, building roads from where 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 we where we get our food from. You know, making it easier and cheaper to get those things to the market. You know, I mean, bringing down the cost because. At the end of the day, any time you see that um, there is something, there's one basic item that Nigerians are importing from abroad and bringing it to Nigeria, you know, there's a question to be answered about what is the cost of producing this thing locally. You know, it, it usually comes down to that and usually makes more sense to go abroad and bring it in. So, you know, 
those infrastructure is what brings down prices. I mean, the Chinese, they're not stupid. You know, the way they build roads and bridges and trains and everything. So do those things. Like, you know, the train lines that are being worked on, you know, speed them up. You know, speed. Let, let's make things happen quicker. Because, I mean, the government has to realize that, okay, this is where we have power to do stuff. You know, because roads are things that you can't really leave to the market. You know, people, I mean, people like me, I like market, but you can't really leave roads to the market. There's some things that, uh, are better done by government stuff like defense. You can't leave defense or security to the market. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, you know so, so infrastructure. This is where government power is, and in that area, they can do stuff. You know, so make, you know, make bring down the cost of getting around Nigeria, doing moving stuff around Nigeria. And if you bring down those costs, you bring down the prices, mm, you know, and then mm. and you, you know. So I mean, if you are looking for a stimulant, to me, that's it. You know, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, I doing, they're, they're doing stuff like. Uh, Conditional cash transfers, and then they're doing the stuff like the home, homegrown school feeding program. They actually, the school feeding program, I, I think probably that will work because it gives farmers a guaranteed income. So, so farmers know that they will be that if they grow a certain amount of food, you know, the government will be biased for it. Yeah, you know, you know. So, so I mean, that's sort of like a stimulant. So, they, I mean, they're, they're going to do that. Look, and so, doing... I mean, look. I, I'm, I'm with you on that and I am with I mean to use Hitler as an example the unemployment rate of what Hitler got ex, got a, got elected was, was crazy and once he got elected and it started building on autobahns and things of that nature he brought it down to almost zero and I think these, these things haven't changed the same conditions exist in Nigeria today crazy unemployment figures and really 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 terrible infrastructure so we can employ people through improving our infrastructure i agree with that and hopefully the government listens because we waste in my opinion we wasted the last year on experiments that that proved to be a woeful failure and hopefully going forward that's behind us and we can we can start we can start being better i want to thank you so much for your time again you know in thank help, you in helping us to understand these things in a Lastly, before we go, you know, we do our little song of the week moment. And I want to say that a lot of people have been telling me that my recommendation of Kiss Daniel's album was spot on. So whatever hating comes from any quarters, I'm going to disregard them, okay? Because I'm feeling very happy with the album. The album is dope. If you don't it's like... A, it's quite good, actually. Oh, it's thank a, you. <laughs> yeah, it, a, it did well. It's a good album. Yeah, thank you. Really good songs on it. Thank yeah. you very much. So do you have a song of the moment to recommend? A Nigerian song that you've been enjoying recently that you want to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I think I'm usually behind the curve. But I mean, the song I'm listening to right now, you know, is Father, Father. Fino oh, and Olamide. Yeah. Oh, I, really, I really love that song, you know. That I mean, song is it, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 you know, when I'm listening to it, I can just imagine if you're playing that kind of song somewhere in Oka or Nisha or something in the church out there and, you know, I can imagine how 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 we will go down with people. Man, so, even in the club, if you don't understand yeah. Igbo, when that fada fada chorus comes on, you're singing along. Yep. Is, is, yep. is that so, dope. yeah, so that's my that's my song yeah, of the moment. Like, my song of the moment is Conquerability by Olamide. Again, it's a dope song. It's really moving the Afro beat without the S. The neo Afro beat movement is moving it <laughs> forward. So I need you guys to check that out and tell me what you think. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming back on the show and giving us your insights on these uh, developments. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. We will hopefully have you back when I've consolidated, consolidated my idea around this uh, a new Nigeria and the politics that we need to, to make it happen. And that includes for the future. It includes people like yourself. 
So hopefully when I've done that, I will invite you back. But once again, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's much appreciated. And we look right. forward to reading more more writings by you on the on the events happening in Nigeria right now. Thank you. Have a good evening and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.